0: Hey, James here with a quick heads up. This episode is potentially one of the chargiest subjects ever, and it is sex. So this is not really an episode for kids. If you do have kids listening and you're in the car, you may want to put on some headphones or just save it to when you have a private moment. Enjoy.
1: You can get a lot farther and feel it throughout your entire body rather than what we like to call a pelvic sneeze, which is what often is the ultimate thing that happens as you go 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 you're tense you're it's hard fast and tense.
0: Welcome to Think Act Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster and get high performance results in your business.
2: Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here, my partner as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good. How are you going, Ezra? I'm very good, man. I'm excited about today's episode. And why is that? Well, it's finally here. I think we should just come right out with it. This is the sex oh, episode. Oh, is this? All right. <laughs> this here.
0: one's chargy. I hope it's chargy. It's very chargy. It's, very, it's
2: so chargy, in fact, I could not get my computer working. Uh, my my the, Our guests had trouble with their, well, I guess they didn't really have trouble, but both you and I had trouble with our electronics, so we could barely get it together to record this thing. Oh,
0: that's a miracle, and then we must have guests, and we're probably all spread out around the world. Yes, we are.
2: So I'm in New York City, in Brooklyn, actually, which is kind of crazy. You are on the road again.
0: Yeah, I'm in Sydney, dr- driving like the Willie Nelson song, On the Road Again. Who else do we got? Who are our guests on the sex episode? Well, we have
2: none other than my mother, Ilana Firestone, and my aunt,
0: Judy St. John.
2: And I think we should just bring them on to quickly say hi. Uh, Mom, Judy, are you on? We're here.
0: (laughs) Sound (laughs) like twins.
2: Oh, that's amazing. We're pretty close to it, a couple years apart. So this episode's going to work a little bit differently than... Uh, previous episodes, the structure is going to be a bit different. Um, for the first time ever in tag history, we brought on some guests. We think that they have some pretty cool stuff to say on this topic. So I'll introduce them in just a minute. First, I'm going to do my little preamble about the episode, and then I'll go into um, a story sort of framing our guest today. And then we'll let them essentially talk to us about this topic. So what do you think about that, James?
0: It's like we're going one layer back behind the scenes. Like we, we've We've learned about Ezra and James, and now we're learning about Ezra's mum and background. I was, I was just thinking, it'd be funny to have my mum on sometime in the future talking about something, and listeners just get to peek a little bit further behind the scenes and figure out how we came to be who we are.
2: We we need to do that. That's a great idea. We're definitely going to do that.
0: I'm probably going to regret that so much.
2: Oh, I think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. So here we go, man. Let's dive right into it. Now, sex is a topic that we've been building up to for quite a long while. And on Think, Act, Get, we discuss topics that are relevant to your business and your life. And sex is a big one that not many people talk about openly. And today, we're going to be doing just that. So sex, what is it? How do you feel in relationship to it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. So James, if you're up for it, I'll just jump right into my story here.
0: Yeah, look, I'm, I really... Uh... I don't know. This one's like, um, I think you the strong lead on this one, Ezra. I, I, it's definitely venturing further from my normal topics of discussion. Like you said, it's not talked about that much. In terms of talking about it on a public podcast, it hasn't crossed my mind. So I'm really interested to see how you're going to lead this. And maybe I'll pipe up with some uh, discussion points if they come to mind.
2: Sure. That sounds good, man. And this, yeah, that sounds fantastic. So I'll get right into it. So what I'll do is I will introduce them and then we'll get into a discussion where mostly they'll be sharing their research and then we'll wrap up with the traditional think, act, get ending. So we have two guests. Some of you know who they are. Now before I introduce them formally, I want to give a little bit of backstory. So as many of you know, I grew up in a communal environment in an alternative lifestyle experiment, a hippie commune. And I want to give a quick history on that place to give context to this conversation. So we'll go back pre-World War II a lot more people lived in groups. You know, you lived in a big house with your parents and your aunt and your uncle and your grandparents. And that was kind of the way that people lived pre-World War II. And then the the war happened and the Great Depression, and they were looking for a way to stimulate the economy. So the president at the time came up with the idea of the suburbs or military tract housing and the nuclear family. So selling this lifestyle of husband, wife, white picket fence, because if you had all of these single family units, and each one of those units would need a washer, would need a dryer, would need consumer durables. So they repurposed these factories that they used, that were, they were using to make weapons in the war into factories to make consumer durables and the economy flourished because every household was buying a toaster and a washer and a dryer and all that stuff. And then the baby boom happened right around this same time. Now, these people who were born during this time after everyone came back from the war are known as the baby boomers, the flower children. They're currently the biggest... Uh, a segment of the population in the United States. These are the flower children of, of the 60s, the hippies. And when they came of age in the 60s, they rebelled against this sort of life, this lifestyle, this nuclear family lifestyle. And they started the free love movement. And this was mostly on the coasts of America. and And a bunch of communes popped up at that time. Thousands of them sprung up all across the country. But today, 40 or so years later, there's only about four from that time that still exist. And it's basically because People can't stand to live with one another. You know, things come up, things that we talk about on Think I Get when you're relating with another person or a group of people, things like communication and jealousy and money and possessions and sex. And if you don't know how to handle those things, you'll fail at the relationship, whether it be a relationship across the gender line or a relationship with a friend. So Lafayette Morehouse, which is the community where I grew up and where my parents, you know, my parents were, were a part of, have been a part of since it, since the, early 80s, I believe, and it started in in 1968, is one of the groups that has been together since that time. And they've been researching what it takes to live pleasurably with other people for the past 45 years. They were pioneers in the field of human nervous system potential. So basically, what is the potential you have for sensation in your body? And they share their research. In courses about communication and love and intimacy and sensuality. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of the, as you know, a lot of the stuff we've talked about on Think, Act, Get has come from these courses that I took growing up. So I like to give the example of the guy who wrote the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, or the guy who wrote the book I'm Okay, You're Okay. They all took, both of those people took these courses. And so uh, another thing that we should Talk about quickly, and that was just to give context on who they are and i 'm going to let my mom and, and Judy um, talk a little bit more about that stuff but i want to give i want to say one more thing before we get bring them on and start talking about sex, which is this prescriptive versus descriptive way of talking about lifestyle, because there's groups of people out there uh, who have information on ways of living, and they share that information. Many of them are prescriptive. So what they believe is that you are wrong the way you are, that they've got some really cool stuff. They've got some information, and if only you had that information, would you then be a right person? Would you then be okay? So they prescribe this dog this this they prescribe this stuff to you and what we've talked about on think act get is what we do and i learned this from lafayette morehouse from where i grew up is we just describe our viewpoints on what's going on so they've got 45 years of research in the areas of sensuality and communication and jealousy and all these different things that relate to that, that in relationship to how you relate with other people and relate with yourself and rather than telling you that you need any of this stuff it's just a description of what they've found has worked well for them that you're welcome to try on if it sounds good to you. So mom, Judy, that was my little introduction. Any, All that stuff sound good? Is there anything you want to add to that for context before we start talking about sex? Because sex is a really uh, big topic, not one we can cover in a, in a, in a short podcast like this, but we can, uh, really, we can get into it pretty good. And before we do, I just wanted to have context on who
0: we are and who you are.
3: Ezra, very much and hi James <laughs> thank you for having us oh, on the podcast we're really thrilled to be here
0: well thanks for coming along thanks for having Ezra
3: oh yeah that was, that's was that been my total pleasure believe me <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing that we would add maybe to what you said Ezra, which was really great is that the reason that we only describe uh, is because we think you're right the way you are and so we're not here to tell you how to live your life you're doing pretty well Chances are, if you're, especially your listeners, if they have time and interest and energy to think, act, and get, then they're doing pretty well in their lives. Obviously, whatever they've done is working for them. So we just offer additional viewpoints that maybe they can pick up if they want
2: to. Very cool. Um, thank you. And I was, I was, I was wondering. You know, this is, this is. It's interesting for me to have you on this podcast and I know you've listened to some of the episodes and, and Judy, I know you've listened to a little bit of some of the episodes, but it's a whole different experience for me having you
0: here live. Yeah, it's certainly a different experience for me too.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, awesome. So I just want to, you know, I should just get... point out like in my business life, I've kind of strongly discouraged my mum's participation in my business affairs because of um, some, you know, like I, I've, often thought that customers would think it's really weird if you if you need your mum to back you up or you're you know you're running back to mum <laughs> for advice. But in this context, I think it's extremely uh, cool. And I'm re- re-evaluating the way that I look at the relationship with my mum because she's got some tremendous skills that I think others would be interested in as well.
2: Very, very interesting. You know, it, it is true. It is not a common dynamic uh, a mother-son relationship where things like this are on the table for discussion no. and a lot of you know it's just not not common but it's been uh, very useful and helpful to me throughout my life to have uh people to talk to about this kind of stuff and, and learn about this kind of stuff from and have an open forum to discuss these things and that's our goal
0: it's like birds and bees on steroids it's amazing
2: so so uh mom Judy, I think let's get into it. I know you've prepared some content. I may interrupt you from time to time to talk more about a point, uh, a particular point, but I think um, let's jump into some of the topics that you want to cover relating to sex.
3: Thanks, Ez. Okay. Well, you know, sex is a chargy topic like James was saying earlier. People have a lot going on how they're doing in their sensual lives. And in a way, you really have to handle the topic if you're going to get along with people. If you're going to get along with one other person in a relationship or if you're going to get along with a group, it's really kind of important
2: that you settle it in your life and feel like you're doing well. When you say people have a lot going on how they're doing, that means that people are uh, – can you, can you put that uh, in layman terms?
3: Well, people judge themselves very heavily on how they think they're doing in relationship to their sensuality. You know, are they are they able to gratify their partner? Are they doing everything that they would like to be doing? Is their sex life where they would like it to be? And if if not, then they're going to find themselves lacking. It's like not a topic that you can just say, you know, I'm not very good at golf. You know, so what? No big deal. You could tell, You could tell that to somebody at a party, but you're probably not going to say, "Eh, sex, not my thing."
2: Totally. Thank you for I, I got it, but I just wanted to make sure that our listeners also uh, you know got it. I wanted to explain a little further. but um, yeah, yeah, it really is that really is the case. it's It's a tough thing to talk about. It's a tough thing to it's a tough thing to feel like you are doing well based on the information that's given to you in our society.
1: Exactly right. And it's hard to say I could use a little
2: bit more information. Well, because then, you know, you're supposed to know, right? You're, you're just right. magically right. supposed to know. You, you have to take classes to learn math.
0: Yeah, you only have to buy an episode, uh, a magazine like Cosmopolitan. You should know everything about sex. Isn't that how it works?
3: Well, exactly. That's exactly one of the problems is that the information that is out there is just not very good. So if you're if you're enough to go find some information, the chances are what you're going to find is, you know, it's kind of, it's just not great. It's not the best that you can do.
1: And the way we learn in a lot of areas of our life is monkey see, monkey do. This is how we pick up information. We watch other people, we talk about it, we observe. And in this area of life, you don't get to see it, which is just appropriate for our culture at this time. But where you're supposed to get this information is a big mystery.
2: And the outlets that people have, like porn and things like that, are not uh, – it's not a real depiction of what pleasurable sexing looks like.
3: Exactly. And it's generally such a taboo topic that you're really – from the time you're just a little kid, what you are taught is don't ask about it. Just ignore that area in the middle of your body. We're just going to pretend it's not there. Uh, just don't deal with it in any way. So you're really not given a lot of help along the way. You know, hope you get some, we don't know how, we're not going to give you any help, just good luck. And, And yeah, and all of your attitudes come to bed with you. What's in your head, you know, comes to bed with you. Oh,
2: I like that. What's in your head is in your bed. (laughs) Oh, I like that too. That's really good. That's a really good one. And it's so true. And it's exactly what Think, Act, Get is about. It's what's in your head is in your life.
0: I'm really interested uh, what, you know, since Think, Act, Get came from uh, an old domain that I was stockpiling, I'm interested to know if that vibes with the uh, communal lifestyle philosophies as well.
3: Well, and yes, I mean, what you think really does impact how you live your life. That's why, you know, one of the very first things that we mentioned was that we think you're right. In fact, our philosophy is that life is perfect. I am perfect. You are perfect. And that in your head, living with that idea does impact how your life ends up going. We have found it to be a very deep sort of philosophy.
0: But what if someone is like a serial murderer? A uh, society would say that they're not perfect, but is that person perfect to themselves?
3: Well, this is a very deep topic. I don't know that we're going to get to the bottom of it. But.
0: <laughs> we have to get you back. We should get back on track. I'm sorry. I, I'm already, I've got like 10 questions thinking about, you know, like, like I'm wondering why does Ezra not live in the commune anymore and stuff like that. But, but I'm sure we'll get to those things. I'm really interested in, What is good information about sex? What should our listeners be uh, learning about sex on this episode that could give them a different perspective than what they may have seen in uh, Cosmo? Or maybe they went one level deeper and they watched Meet the Fockers and they learned a little bit about uh, sex through that sort of channel. But but what is good sex information? I think you're about to get into some of it, yes?
1: Yes. So one thing just to know is that we live in a pain-oriented culture, so that... You know, our, our society, it's much easier to deal with problems, with work, with strife, and we don't have a lot of role models for creating deliberate pleasure in our lives. Uh, often, pleasure, fun, and those kind of good things are considered trivial at best and degenerate at worst. So just recognizing that is a good step. Not a lot of, There are not a lot of role models or encouragement to deliberately include pleasure in your daily life. So if you find yourself lacking in that area, that's very normal.
2: And in fact, you're looked down upon for it yeah, in some cases. And, exactly. And the, 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 the first
3: good information to know about sex is how much misunderstandings are out there that most of us are subject to. Things that, you know, if you follow these ideas, it isn't going to maximize your pleasure. So one of those is that Generally, when people get into bed, they're fairly goal-oriented, especially given everything we've already mentioned, that sex is taboo and it's not easy to talk about and sometimes it's a bit of a furtive operation. Once you get into bed, you kind of like want to almost get it over with, like you just want to get to the goal. And that striving for the goal of of orgasm uh, gets in the way of really feeling what everything that there is to feel. And one of the things that we do in our own thinking is make a distinction between sexuality, which is a goal-oriented, reproduction-oriented behavior, and sensuality, which is maximizing your senses, all of your senses, your five senses and conceptual thought and feeling as much as you can feel. And just changing that little idea in your head that you're there to feel to maximize your pleasure versus get
1: to the end uh, can really lead to you feeling a lot more. And also, there's also the idea that this kind of fun is um, supposed to happen spontaneously, that, you know, we On one hand, we deliberately plan our food lives, our work lives, our medical lives. But when it comes to actually sensual pleasure, we kind of hope that it's just going to happen. It's going to happen just by virtue of being in proximity to somebody else. And we see that in the movies. Sex starts in the elevator or, you know, on the kitchen counter that you tear each other's clothes off. And that's the starting point. And people end up waiting for those moments. Now, those moments are great moments. But to base a a sensual diet on that could leave you very, very hungry.
0: So you're suggesting that you should have a routine?
1: Yes. uh, Routine, maybe not exactly a routine, but to be deliberate about planning it in your life like you do with everything else. We just are a little crazy in this area of our lives. And we don't have the same kind of good sense as we do in other areas when it comes to food we don't just hope that it's going to happen to us we know that we're going to want it and we plan for it but when so you can actually plan and deliberately schedule and this sounds kind of crazy schedule and sex in the same sentence but you could actually fit it into your daily life deliberately and we have found that if you don't do that the odds are very high it's not going to happen
3: And you know, you plan the times and then whatever happens, happens. You don't have to necessarily have a lot of pressure on yourself to then perform at that moment, but at least you've got the time. Remember, we're talking about
2: pleasure. And we're talking, and I think sensuality, right? Like you can enjoy someone's body without ever taking your clothes off. Right. You're, you're talking about planning sensual experiences that may lead to what people think of as sexing in our society, but we're just talking about including time for sensuality in your life.
0: And Also, it sounds like you're shifting a little bit of the focus from the event more to the processes or the process that leads up to the event and that, that you can have a, as much enjoyment from the process as the actual event that people are using as the judgment goal.
1: Exactly.
3: You're, that's very perceptive. That's exactly right. And in fact, you can enjoy the whole experience a lot more if you include the planning, the the time beforehand, the anticipation, the the idea that it's going to happen, and you talk about it, which is a whole other topic. Talking about what's going on, then you enjoy the
2: experience itself, and then later you can reminisce about it. I think it brings us into the conversation that we, like, that you mentioned earlier, that we have these five senses, taste, smell, sight, touch, mm-hmm. and... Con- I mean, that's not hearing. all five of them, but uh, hearing, <laughs> sound, and conceptual thought. So the ability to think, and we can leverage all of those senses to enjoy ourselves. And so it's a lot more than just... there's 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 a lot more to take into consideration than most people are doing in their sex lives. Right.
3: Yeah, you can expand your sensual life by just... Exploiting your senses more. Make the, make the space nice for yourself. Anticipate the time that you're going to have. Enjoy it. And also, very important, communicate about it because our conceptual sense is very much brought alive by communication with another person. I think you've talked about this in some of your past episodes, that getting reality from another person on the good thing that's happening magnifies
2: that experience quite a bit. Absolutely. I think we should go back for a second to orgasm. And uh, I want you guys to talk a little bit about the male male pattern orgasm and how orgasm is viewed in our society and what it is and that kind of stuff. I think it's an interesting, um, quick topic of of conversation. Well,
1: one goal people, men have, and then women do too, is to... uh, get there as fast as possible, like take the first exit off the highway. So if you are so lucky as to actually be in bed with someone, go for the gusto and get it over with, you know, have it happen. And we have found there's a lot more fun to be had by playing with that energy, kind of like playing a musical instrument. Our bodies, you know, we're built to feel and to feel intensely. And often when we, we often feel sensually deprived, people do, people walk around in a chronic state of skin hunger, because it's, there's it seems like so few ways to have contact with somebody else. And it seems so complicated, and so many, you know, social parameters, that a lot of people are in that condition of really wanting contact. So when they finally get some, it's like, just
2: go. And this is the this is what we talked about with the, the cuddle party and the free hug movement a while back in a previous episode about people being uh, skin, hungry for right. touch.
1: And people are hungry for orgasm. We are sensual beings. We have energy. And that energy will be expressed one way or another. A lot of times people cope with the sensual energy they have in their bodies by eating. Eating will calm you down. Fighting will calm you down. And there's also more productive ways, there's exercise and working, Uh, but we are often battling with the energy we carry in our bodies. So we are cocked and loaded, frankly, to exploit our senses. And sometimes not given the the most pleasurable avenue, we will go to less pleasurable avenues. But it it can be a process that's much more enjoyable and glorious and ecstatic uh, than people take advantage of.
2: I agree. Uh, and I want to um switch the subject to anatomy for a second because I think one of the things that people that that we know that there's not much information on is the uh, anatomy of the opposite gender so like for example where on where on their body has the highest concentrated point of nerve endings, because nerve endings are what have you have the ability to feel, so if you understand your partner's nervous system, then you can know where to you, you, you can have better information as how to pleasure them. so I think I think it'd be uh, an interesting topic would be human nervous system, penis size. We should talk about that because that goes into this topic. I know that you have something prepared about that.
1: Well, we do uh, We're taught, and this is a huge, huge concept here that intercourse is the ultimate sex act and it's a really fun one so let's just say that right up front but uh often it's not the way to produce the best pleasure in a man or a woman it does involve the highest concentration of nerve endings in the gen in the uh, physiology of a man which is the head of the penis it often does not include the most sensitive part of the woman's body which is more and more people know now is the head of the clitoris often that part of the woman's body is not getting that much contact. And you. many people don't realize that the walls of the vagina, the walls of the vaginal canal have no pressure sensitive nerve endings. This is why a woman could put in a Tampax and then forget she has it because there are no pressure sensitive nerve endings in the walls of the vagina. So that sex act, intercourse, if the woman has not been stimulated in advance, if blood has not filled in that area of her body, often there's not a lot of of sensation that she's feeling from that particular sex act. So there's a lot of attention, like you mentioned, on how big is the guy. And that tends to be irrelevant if the woman has been engorged. Engorged means swelled with blood, filled with blood. You know, if attention has been put on her genitals, she will be engorged. It will fill and swell together.
2: What's more important than how big is the guy is how engorged is a woman. Okay. One of the things I think we should mention is that well, women do have temperature-sensitive nerve endings. And to give some perspective, the same tissue that makes up the vaginal canal makes up the scrotum or the ball sack, except for that we have both temperature-sensitive nerve endings on our scrotum as well as pressure-sensitive nerve endings. So so intercourse for a woman without engorgement is similar in, in sensation, in nerve-ending stimulation, as uh, uh, stimulating a man's scrotum. So it's just like it will give you a picture of of, of, of the potential for, yes. for pleasure with intercourse.
3: Yeah. And, and often, you know, let's face it, uh, probably maybe a little more harshly than necessary. So, you know, uh, often, it, often people go hard and fast and especially guys, guys, genitals are, are, uh, Uh, in touch with the world so they get a little bit desensitized by that just like the parts of your body that are outside the body are less sensitive than the parts that are inside your body that's why you can get tickled under your arms but it's harder to get tickled outside your arms and so men don't really realize the sensitivity that women have because their genitals are she are hidden you know are not in contact with the world very much So often, especially guys, go a little harder and faster than is pleasurable for women. And generally, one of those things that we sort of pick up the way that we pick up some of these other ideas is that going harder and faster as you get more excited is going to end up being more pleasurable, but it actually sometimes can work against your ability to really
2: feel as much as you can feel. Not that it can't be a fun experience for both parties involved but just that there is definitely more potential for sensation when you slow down now i want to talk about uh, quickly about the myth of simultaneous orgasm and then i want to get into because i think we've covered context and this has been really fun and it's a lot so i want to get into some tips i know you have some tips prepared and um, sort of get into wrapping it up after we talk about that
1: well glad you mentioned simultaneous orgasm it's without ever really talking about it much people kind of think that's the ultimate thing if both people could have an orgasm at the same time that would be like so cool and yet it's a very difficult thing to achieve usually what you have is one person trying to slow down and the other person trying to hurry up so you have two people with their attention on some kind of goal and that takes away from the amount of tension they have on what they're actually feeling so um we think that one way you could have this union, it feels like what you're going for is a sense of union, two people coming at the same time. How much more union can you get than that? But perhaps that could be found in enjoying each other and having both people's attention on one of one person's orgasm rather than trying to both get there at the same time, which looks really good in the movies and really leads to a lot of faking orgasm.
2: But, you know, Often, generally on the woman's part so essentially what you're saying often on the woman's part is in your research over the past 40 years in uh the the potential that a a person has for sensation that a uh, two people one person has the highest potential for sensation in their body when both people's attention are on one person's body so when when both parties are paying attention to the to one person's uh, uh body right
3: it's something to investigate, and it's a way to have a really good time that is often not you know, employed.
1: And to add on to whatever fun you're already having. Right. We think it's a fantastic thing to explore, and we, we think it's really fun. Not, not to give up anything that's working for you or for anybody, but a great thing to add on is how about both people pay attention to one person's orgasm, however you want to do that. And we found that to be incredibly fun. And
2: then, you know, yeah. and I think that's good, a good thing to point out is whatever you're doing is right. Yeah. And this is all just stuff to think about. And you do not have to change anything. And uh, we think you're absolutely right just the way you are. Amen. So, tips for improving your sensual life.
3: Well, the, the first thing, really, the most important thing, if you do nothing else, is just pay attention and enjoy yourself and feel what you're feeling. And to the extent that is comfortable for you, communicate about what you're feeling. We've talked about some of these things now during this episode, but those, just that will really enhance your sensual life. Uh, and also, we already talked about slowing down, at least trying, try slowing down and feeling what you're feeling because you can feel
1: quite a bit more, if you go more slowly. Um, Another tendency people have, have is to tense up as things get more and more exciting, like tensing your body, literally tensing your body gives you the feeling that you're getting towards orgasm faster. It really does feel that way. But the only problem with being tense when you're going in this direction is that if you may get there quicker, but when you get there, it's much more localized. And uh, there's a limit to how high you can go. And Uh, People who study with us, one of the things we really look into quite a bit is relaxing. And that goes against a lot of the ways people sex. So it takes a little bit of practice. Try just relax your whole body. It may seem like you're getting there a little slower, but boy, you can get a lot farther and feel it throughout your entire body rather than what we like to call a pelvic sneeze, which is what often is the ultimate thing that happens as you go, 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 you're tense, you're it's hard, fast and tense, and then you kind of burp a, an orgasm. And it's, it's a relief. But that's often why people are so exhausted after sex, and fall asleep is that the work that it took to get there.
2: And, and you know, yeah, orgasm is also often used as a way is like you were saying a way for people to come down or release energy. And uh, it's very commonly used that way as like, I'm going to get myself off. This is where this is what masturbation is about. A lot of the time, like let me just calm myself down,
3: right? And which is good, which is a which is a great thing to do. Nothing the matter with that. Oh, I think it's a fantastic practice, and everyone should participate. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's the the only place where you get into trouble is if you feel so scarce of it that you just feel like you just have to do it as fast as you possibly can to relieve the pressure. You're not going to really maximize sensation that way. And and something to consider is that, you know, this sounds maybe a little bit self-serving, like now we're going to talk about our pleasure, but you can consider that a gratified person really has more to contribute. You can have some genuine surplus and to pay attention to other people if you
2: yourself feel taken care of. So it's a gift to the world. It really is. And this is exactly what we talk about in relationship to money, right? Like, you you can only give from your own surplus so you've got to be well taken care of so you can support other people it's in financially in your financial life well it works the same way here if you if you make sure that you are well taken care of in all areas of your life you will be uh, able to serve the, the the people around you with you'll be able to better serve the people around you and you'll be a lot happier doing it uh, and you'll be more pleasurable to be around
0: and would you say that if you have this area of your life sorted out, it's going to set you up nicely to be able to enjoy other areas of your life, like to, to enjoy your work or your, your artistry or your creativity and stuff?
1: Yes. You know, you can actually, the whole world looks different. The whole world looks different when you feel good in your own skin and we, we you know, we People try chemically to alter how they feel on their own skin. They try all kinds of ways. But this is expressing the energy that you have in a pleasurable way makes you, it makes it feel good to be around you. And feeling
3: more is feeling more, you know, and if you're feeling more in bed and you're feeling more sensually, what we, you know, which we mean sexually, because all feeling is sensual in that it involves your senses. But if you're feeling more in what in that area of your sensual life, you're going to feel more in all areas of your life. Because it's just now, you and
0: th- your senses. I think you mentioned something before about building this into your daily life. <laughs> are there different? Uh, have you got some research data and sort of statistics on on how much involvement these things uh, are incorporated into people's lives versus what's going on out there in normal society? Or when I say normal, I mean you know the the majority of society, I should say.
3: I mean, statistics, we don't have statistics exactly, but we know that people feel generally deprived. I mean, we, we have, we've taught courses now. Our group teaches, teaches our, the findings of our research in courses, weekend courses and uh, evening courses. And so we've had thousands and thousands of people come and take courses. So that's kind of our sampling is people who come, who are already interested enough to come and research the subject. So generally they're pretty much. They're the they're the top of the of their game, and they there's a lot
2: more for them to have. There's a lot that they haven't considered, and there's a I think an interesting. I think that I think the answer here is there is no right amount to be having. The right amount to be having is what feels good to you, and I think that's right. different for everybody. You know, some people are interested and have a bigger appetite at different times in their life for more sensual relating, and and other times in your life or other like you have less appetite.
1: Talking is a great place to start. You know, it's uh, social intercourse is, is, you know, as valid as uh, sexual intercourse. And uh, probably you're in the same place of just feeling like you've lost touch with each other and you both want the same thing. And we, we like to take the attitude of research. It really does help because if sex is only a passionate thing, then you can only start when you're in a passionate moment. But if it's something you can do deliberately just to see, what fun you can cook up for yourselves. You can start from any place at all. And you could start from not having done for a really long time, but just take little nibbles and just go back in that direction. And when you mentioned statistics, I don't know if you meant uh, health statistics. There are statistics about blood pressure. There are statistics about, you know, physical changes in your body from having this kind of gratification. We've seen people come with fatal diseases and put their attention on their uh, sensual gratification, and it had amazing effects on their health.
0: Well, I do recall reading about uh, people who survive to live very, very long ages, and almost always they say um, that they have a strong love life. Something to live uh, for,
1: something to live for.
0: That's it, maybe it is, it's a strong motivation to keep them driving.
2: (laughs) It brings us. Right into our weekly willpower wager, which is what we want you to do this week, listeners. We want you to set up a time, deliberately set up a time where you will be having some kind of sensual contact with another person, touching someone or being being touched. And this doesn't have to be a sexual experience. It can be giving a friend a massage right? It can be something totally platonic. doesn't really matter what it is, but we'd like you to practice slowing down and paying attention to what you're feeling and communicating about how, how it feels and, and t- saying, hey, you know, I think you have a knot in your right shoulder, like practicing touch um, and let us know how you go with it. Now, this was a, just a taste of a huge, huge topic. I mean, there's uh, uh, there's the, the main course that, that you teach is, or, or sort of the introductory course is three days or two days, uh, three, three hour sessions. I don't know. It's a long thing. So this is just a taste of that. Now, if you're interested in finding out more.
0: What's our think at get link? What what will we put there? ThinkAtGet.com forward slash. ThinkAtGet.com forward slash. Uh, how about Morehouse?
2: How about More? <laughs> okay. There you go.
0: More. M-O-R-E. Yes. Beautiful. So Judy?
1: So, uh, something to close with is that this is a valid part of life to invest in. Uh, this is is as valid as any other part of life. It colors the way you see your life, the way you feel about your life, and uh, there's not a lot of encouragement to go in this direction. So you kind of got to be self motivated to make pleasure more important, put it on the top of the to do list rather than the bottom.
2: I love it, and it's kind of it's, you know one of the things we talked about in the first episode was having attention on taking care of yourself. And this is just another way to do that. So thank you so much for coming on as guests. I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point to continue this conversation. And uh, check out, or go to thinkactget.com forward slash more.
0: Thank you ladies for coming on. This has been really insightful.
2: Thank you so
3: much. Thank you, Ezra and James. We really enjoyed it. Okay,
0: catch up with you soon. Mom, I'll call you
2: after this to debrief. Um, that'll be fun. So we're on to our news and updates portion of the show. Now, given that James is in a car, we'll get to our um, comments and things like that on a later episode. So we're accepting voicemails through SpeakPipe. You can hop on uh, the blog, thinkact.com, and leave us a... Uh, voice comment and we'll air and, and answer your question live on the show we have our hawaii lifestyle business retreat happening september 13th through 15th on the north shore of oahu hawaii you can find out more about that at thinkactget.com forward slash products if you are interested in a mastermind i highly recommend you check out silvercircle.com that's shrammy's mastermind it's currently open shrammels any news and updates from you that are not on this list
0: well, I I, uh, I referred someone to your mastermind this week because they want to build their e-commerce store. And I, are you still open? Can yeah yeah I'm What's open. What's it called? Man. I've it's
2: got a couple spaces. Blue
0: ribbon or something. It's Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Should,
2: um, did I? Um, should, should I follow up with that guy?
0: Uh, no no it's <laughs> okay. But but um, the the thing is, I think if someone's going to be building out an e-commerce store, they need to be in your mastermind. And I agree. For anything else come over to Silver Circle. Um, Hawaii, just on that, there's only a couple of spots left. We're now almost completely booked and we're just lining up a special guest. Uh, We're really hoping to get a couple of uh, special guests that that would be really cool. Uh, One of them contacted me and said he'd love to pop around and he's one of the original godfathers of the industry that was around doing stuff and invented some of the things we take for granted. So we're seeing about that. And uh, I think this is, you know, if you want to hang out with Ezra and I, in a concentrated format, this is the place to be.
2: It's going to be amazing. You, you should definitely come. So, um, and and I'm I'm excited if we can get uh, if we can get that guest to come on. I know who it is, and I'm hoping that works out. So, James, we're at Think About It. We can finish up and wrap up with Think About It. I've got a quote for you that you probably won't be able to change because you're not in front of a computer. <laughs>
0: So Who is it? Who? Which famous person's it from?
2: Well, this one's actually from Bill Gates, so he's got some relevance okay. in the financial community. Oh,
0: okay, that could be all
2: right. Um, and uh, you know, we've only got this. And one. this
0: is on sex, is it?
2: Well, no, it's not. I thought you know, let's bring it <laughs> now down. Now you're confusing let's bring me. It, let's bring it back to you know. Let's let's come down a little bit. Let's let's get back into our heads here. So, this is by Bill Gates, and he says, "And this is for you. This is your quote. So I'll read it for you, and then you tell me what you think."
0: Yeah. Thank you. This is this is this is full service. Thanks, Ezra.
2: Success is a lousy teacher; it seduces smart people into thinking they can't lose.
0: I like that. That you know that one. One of my mentors taught me that uh, bad habits are bred in good times.
2: Oh, I like and that.
0: It's the same thing, you know. People get complacent; they fall asleep at the wheel; they run off the road. Uh, so uh, that's great. I'm not sure how that ties into sex, but it's a terrific quote. Well,
2: it was it was, it was, definitely, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know. I could probably figure out a way it ties in. But the goal, the, 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 the reason that I did that quote was to kind of just bring our episode back down. So this has been oh, episode nice. 27 about sex. Um, we've been building up to it for quite a long time. And uh,
0: <laughs> We've been building up to it and we've finally released it into the, so, the well, world. Well, you know,
2: it, it, this is a good analogy. How we did this it is a good analogy for sexing. We like did a whole bunch of build up and talking about it and enjoying the fact that this experience was coming, this episode. Uh, no pun intended, but coming. Uh, that, that, you know, like we, we had a really good time leading up to the episode. And now we're in the, the thick of the episode. And I really enjoyed it. I think you enjoyed it. I know my mom and Judy enjoyed it. So we had a really good time. Uh, during the act of the episode and now afterwards we're going to publish it and we're going to talk all about it with our community and I think we're going to enjoy the downride as well so we enjoyed the way up we enjoyed the experience and now we're jo- enjoying we're going to be enjoying the way down so um, I think that's kind of cool
0: that's awesome thank you listener I gotta say it was uh, certainly a, a first time for me and uh, it was I'll well, be really interested to watch the comments. And uh, we're, we're back onto a more businessy topic next week. But uh, thank you, listener. And uh, we really appreciate you.
2: We really do appreciate you uh, hanging out with us and spending your time with us. And, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the community thinks of this particular episode. And we'll get back more back towards uh, business on the next episode of Think
0: Out get Cool. Thanks, dude. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schrenko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.